Hey guys, we're back for another episode of Lab Talk, and today we have a special guest joining us, Grace Sweeney. Um, I'd like to like, kick off the episode today by maybe telling our listeners a little bit about yourself. Oh, thank you. Uh, my name is Grace, and I work for Foothills Gardens and Memory Cemetery, and I am an avid lover of art, oddities, and sphinx cats. And I have been working for the cemetery for approximately going on nine years now. And in that time, I've gotten to see the Colorado Learning Center move into the same space that I have an office. That's awesome. That's really cool. So what have you learned from working alongside our lab? Um, number one, first and foremost, is that stereotypes in your expected reality of what the lab is, is so far off base. <laughs> um, I feel like our society has a very specific image in mind when you hear anatomy lab, and I can assure that that is definitely not the case with CLCHA. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean, honestly. There's definitely that kind of a stigma around it, but... Um, it's pretty interesting when you're in there kind of hands-on and actually seeing what's what's going on behind the closed doors. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, what will you use, like what have you learned um, to impact others? Well, primarily with what I do um, in terms of end-of-life planning, I oftentimes will refer it to um, some of my clients as an option as well as a resource. And I've had the ability to see those who are not pre-planning, you know, students also come through the building. And one of my favorite things is seeing their faces before they go into the lab and then the chitter chatter after and faces when they come out of the lab. It is always a wonderful experience to see. So seeing them learn has been extraordinary to say the least. That's really cool. That's actually really impressive. I could see how that would be just kind of special, like making that relationship with them and seeing before and after. Absolutely. They see the stereotype in their eyes when they go in Mm -hmm. and then it absolutely proved wrong when they come out. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Well, what made you want to initially be a part of working with the lab? To be perfectly honest, morbid curiosity, first and foremost. (laughs) I see the outsides of people all the time, but we don't get the opportunity to see the insides often. And I think the number one impressive thing about it is that we truly are as unique on the inside as we are on the outside. And being able to see that and learn that from each case that I've had the pleasure of seeing has been really very different very different so first and foremost definitely curiosity but also i've known bev for a number of years now and just supporting what she does and her compassion for what she does is definitely a joy as well getting to see that yeah bev is pretty special and she is kind of the one that tied me into it and i really had no clue what anything was about coming into the lab but even with my role through marketing my curiosity has definitely been peaked many times and Yeah, it's a lot of fun being around, so I really appreciate it as well. Well, with this in mind, what's your biggest failure, and what did you learn from that experience? Uh, Failure is a strong word, I'll say that. But uh, Mm -hmm. no, you know, pitfalls in life, they always cause us to change course, and, you know, we ebb and flow and learn from the mistakes that we make. You know, in, in the industry that I work in, in the death industry, it is very easy to step on toes because grief is different from one person to the other. Mm -hmm. And every time you maybe stomp on a pinky toe, you learn a lot Mm -hmm. and then apply that in the future going forward. And so I think that that can be one of the biggest challenges with what we do is learning how to navigate 
working with people and what they need from you mm-hmm. at that time. Well, that's great. That's definitely an interesting perspective on that. Uh, well, if you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? Being helpful rather than stepping on toes at the, yeah. an important time. Um, yeah. No, I just hope that, you know, in, in terms of what I do for work, I hope that people feel that I was an asset and a helpful hand during a very difficult time. Um, and work is very consuming, so I haven't thought, thought any farther than that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I totally get that. Well, from what I have heard and seen, I know you're definitely a huge help around the lab, and we definitely appreciate having you around. Well, in your opinion, um, what has been the best experience or the worst experience while being a part of working with the lab? Nothing but the best. Um, I think, you know, constant exposure because we are in the same building has been, honestly, I feel a little spoiled because I do get a lot more access than anyone else does to the inner workings as well as, you know, the the day-to-day operations within the lab. Um, And I would say that that is just an experience in and of itself to be able to be invited to greet the donors and to see, you know, people who are living donors, people who have passed and are now fulfilling their end life goal. Um, Being exposed to that is truly a privilege. And I would say that that's a great experience I wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, that's wonderful. I can definitely relate to that, too. I mean, every experience I've had just working here, just being around everybody, it's been wonderful for me, too. So. Can totally relate to that. Well, outside of the lab, what is your profession? Um, as mentioned, I am the uh, cemetery management, if you will, for mm-hmm. Foothills Gardens of Memory, but that really does extend into all aspects of the business. Um, I came into it uh, mainly because I had art background and I do the memorial markers or headstones out there. Um, so that is one of the biggest things that I do for the cemetery, as well as scheduling and sales and all the other jazz. That's cool. So do you enjoy that art aspect of the job? Yes, it's been incredible. I fell into it by accident. Uh, I started as a graphic artist. I was the only person that the staff knew at the time who could navigate Photoshop. And um, since then, I've now done over 200 different headstones for folks and worked with people who are in, you know, the final stages of planning, as well as people who have lost somebody and need a guiding hand at that time. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. Wow, that's really awesome. That's really cool. Did you always want to be involved in like cemetery management? Oh gosh, no. Yeah. I always thought I'd be an astronaut or a dancer or an artist, <laughs> you know, any of those things. So a long time I wanted to be a park ranger for a national park actually, um, but uh, never panned out and here I sit instead. Nice. Okay. So, I mean, astronaut, dancer, like, would those be other occupations that you would like to try? Uh, you know, schooling in comparison to what I do is a bit more than I would like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it. guilty pleasures, I guess, would be the way to put those. For Maybe sure. not the astronaut part. I'm no Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, none of us rarely are. It's okay. <laughs> well, what's the biggest fa- uh, challenge you have faced in your role, and how did you overcome it? Uh, definitely the toe-stepping. Learning to adapt to whatever client I'm working with, whichever family I'm working with. Everybody's needs are different, and one of the biggest challenges is the fact that everyone handles grief differently Mm -hmm. and you don't know what you're going to get when you start working with a family some people close down some people open up you have folks who will be both open one day and easy to work with and the next day is harder and it's a challenge for them and being able to always be agreeable and helpful and the fluidity that you have to have within that 
position can be a true challenge at times, especially in dealing with your own emotions and managing those on top of being there for someone who is in one of the darkest times of their life. Yeah. That's definitely one of the biggest challenges. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, how would you say that you kind of worked through those challenges and overcome them? Learning, um, trying to learn to read people, but also not being assumptive because there is a very fine line there. Mm -hmm. um, making sure that you're receptive and listen to what they truly need, even when they can't say it. And um, that uh, readability of people and being able to understand what they need based off of not only what they're saying, but also what they're not saying, what their body language is, their reactions. It's, it's, definitely, um, it's definitely a learning process and I would say that I will never be done with it. Yeah, for sure. Well, I know there's a lot of people that struggle to definitely read people. So that's definitely a skill, I would say. Um, well, what's one lesson that your position has taught you that you think everybody should learn at some point in their life? I've always wanted somebody to ask me this question. Um, okay. Number one, <laughs> yeah. if nothing else, talk to your loved ones about whether or not you would like to be buried or cremated. Because if nothing else, if you've told one, two, three, you want multiple people to know that are very near and dear to you that you trust that will fulfill your wishes. But if nothing else, tell somebody, would you like to have a full traditional casket burial with the bells and whistles? Or would you like to have a cremation, simple, not simple, scattered in the mountains, buried in a cemetery? Make your final intentions known. Because at the end of the day, if no one knows, your loved ones not only have the burden of the emotional but they also then have the burden of what do we do? Mm -hmm. And that's not a fair position to put anybody into. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, me being pretty young, honestly, I really haven't considered that kind of thing. And I'm sure a lot of people out there really haven't had that talk before. So right. Absolutely. I'm I glad mean, you brought that up. Yeah. And a lot of places it's, it still can be kind of taboo and uncomfortable, but uh, I think that we as a society are growing and changing as well. And we're starting to get a little more comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and that's why, you know, the, your loved ones, if nothing else, you know, have a quick conversation and it can involve a margarita. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Definitely agree. <laughs> Well, in conclusion, um, what is the most important personality trait, strength, or that someone would need in your industry to be successful? I would say that strength definitely is the word in that question that stands out to me. Um, in any death profession or in any industry aspect of working with folks who have lost somebody or are pre-planning, you can never lose sight of the balance because for you, it's every day. And for these folks, this is a monumental day. Mm -hmm. Making the decision to pre-plan is still a monumental day. Having to address the loss of someone is a monumental day. And for those of us that do it day in and day out, just like a cashier at a grocery store, it becomes repetition. And so remembering to keep a clear head and a fresh mind that this is not day to day for everyone, I think is really important. Um, and definitely is a strength because it takes a certain person to work in this industry. Yeah. It's not for everyone, that's for sure. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, that's incredible. You have been incredible today. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, for everybody else out there, check us out on social media at CLC Human Anatomy. And this concludes our episode for today. So make sure to tune in next time.